Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life Hacks Podcast on True Story FM. I'm Shelley Boucher. Sometimes life feels like yesterday's stale fast food. It's passable, but do you love it? Well, let's love some life. Here, we explore simple, clever ways to make your life better and less stale. Guests from all walks of life grant insight into their approach to making life more enjoyable, less stressful, and filled with abundance. Today, I'm joined by Tristan Gandolfi, the Director of Entrepreneurial Education at SeedSpot. SeedSpot focuses on helping entrepreneurs who are creating solutions to social problems. Take it away, Tristan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So give us a little bit of backstory about not only yourself, but also about all the awesome things that SeedSpot does. Yeah. Um, so my background is in education. I was a middle school educator at, at first for about five years, and it's Teacher Appreciation Week. So shout out, Yay. teacher. Um, and I transitioned from being a teacher to being an entrepreneur, which to be honest with you, all teachers really are. <laughs> we have limited resources and we are trying to make things work like kids learn and all other things happen. And so it's a pretty easy transition into the work that I do at SeedSpot. I had an idea kind of steeping at the back of my brain that I wanted to bring to classrooms all over. And SeedSpot at the time had two different programs that I could join where I would learn about starting a business. Um, they specifically, or I guess we specifically work with underrepresented entrepreneurs. So incredibly welcoming space, non-traditional educated, diverse, all different types of neurodiversion you've ever seen. And so I walked into the room and I was like, this is amazing. And I ended up pitching myself to SeedSpot um, as a contract worker. And that evolved into a full-time position. So I've been there now five years. And my role at SeedSpot is I create all the curriculum and all the programs for our entrepreneurs. So I use that education background that I once utilized with third graders on <laughs> uh, adults who are just big third graders. So it's great. That's awesome. And so C-Spot basically is a really neat organization. It's a nonprofit. So they're not there to sell, you know, like a, a book of goods to an entrepreneur. Instead, they're that you guys, from what I understand, you like you. Ex I love this. That it's off your website. You accelerate, educate and invest in entrepreneurs who are not just out there with a great business idea, but also people who are going to make a positive social impact. So you kind of you have so many bases covered in that idea. Yeah, we have kind of two different life cycles. We have entrepreneurs who are just starting out. They've got an idea. It's on the back of a napkin. What the heck do I do with this? And then we have entrepreneurs that are ready to scale or grow. Um, so sometimes they're looking to raise capital. We work with for-profits, non-profits. And because of COVID, we will work globally. Um, so this cohort that I just worked with, I worked with people in Colombia and Africa, um, as well as in the U.S., 13 different states. So our approach is we believe to empower the entrepreneur. So we don't take a percent of their company in exchange for a program. Um, we want all of our entrepreneurs to leave and be able to advocate for their business and decide what the best terms are and what the next steps are. So we really are, we try to be kind of a buffet of resources for <laughs> entrepreneurs and take what you need and come back. We have an alumni network too. So you get to come back and get some ongoing support too. It's like the one kind of buffet that's still in fashion because nobody wants buffet anymore, right? <laughs> Buffets are dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything's virtual too. So for us, like you can keep coming back and there's no germs exchanged. So we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Then you don't need a sneeze guard or anything. <laughs> Nothing. No. So you guys have so many different programs that you have so much virtual now. And then I'm guessing that as we come out of COVID, you'll go back to in person. But 
I definitely want to hit on all the different kinds. Like you have the two day launch camp, the impact accelerator. And like, I love how you have that, that you come back to mentors and all that. Yeah. So we really have two core programs. It's a two day launch camp, four hours each day. We go over business basics. So what is the problem you're solving in the world? Who has that problem? Um, How are you going to go about doing it? What does the business model look like? How will you make money? So many entrepreneurs start out and they're like, I'll give everything something for free. Just believe in me. (laughs) And then they have like eight side hustles. They're like servers and bartenders and like walking dogs. And it's like, no, no, no. You can charge people. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Right. Don't Um, give yourself away. Yeah. Don't give it away. You're you're good at this. Like, you know, be proud of yourself. And then on day two, they come back and we have a virtual mentor event. So they connect with about 10 of our mentors and start to build this portfolio of awesome resources. And then we finish in a pitch event. And that pitch is just a uh, literally a one minute six slide pitch, and it just is all the foundation pieces pulled together visually, um, and they share that with friends and family. So it's not like a Shark Tank or anything like that. I joke that it's a dolphin tank because it's very friendly, <laughs> um, and we do it on porpoise. But uh, yeah, I had to. Dad jokes everywhere. It's so, official. <laughs> oh, well played. So yeah, so that's our two day launch camp, and then our impact accelerator. It's six weeks long, um, and that looks a little bit different. It's more of like. Uh, I mean, there's just more classes in general. There's classes twice a week and then you have your mentor. There's three different pitch events where you get coaching either from foundations if you're a nonprofit or actual like investors, angels, investors, if you're a for-profit. And the goal is to leave with your whole due due diligence process mapped out, which is fancy jargon for all of the hard stuff that everyone avoids. (laughs) Nice. So... I think what's really neat about it is we have such a gig economy and you talk about people with all their different side hustles, right? And I think that is definitely a direction that the world is going in. I have um, a young adult child, if you will, and while he has a regular job, he's got a lot of interest that would definitely drive him to other things. So I wonder, how do we approach like the idea... Like maybe not everybody has a side hustle and maybe not everybody has like a big idea that would fit into the seat spot vision. But so how how do we help our average people who maybe they love the idea, but they they have a problem focusing? How do we help them life hack that? Yeah. So I will also add that all of the ventures we work with are in that social impact space. So at their core, they're trying to make the world a better place, right? So they're trying to end poverty or hunger or make the world a more sustainable place. There's 17 different targets or goals that the UN kind of initiated in 2017. And we use that for kind of a framework of discussion. And so what we often see is we've got dreamers, right? We've got individuals that want to change the world, especially right now with social unrest, with the way that our schools are, are whether you're in Arizona or any school with the virtual learning. Um, I, I think right now we're noticing a lot of the issues that are kind of under the underbelly of our communities. And so what we do is set up spaces for people to, to discover, right? So I would say in our two-day launch camp, most individuals don't have a solid business idea. and um, They know that they want to make change, but the how they haven't really landed on. And most entrepreneurs are big thinkers, um, which means all the details are missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they know that they want to get to a place, but the road to get there. And so it's our job to kind of keep them on a path, give them checkpoints that they can check in with themselves after the program, during the program, or come back to in a year. Um, and you know, because the entire cohort has that same mindset, you now have peers, you can be bouncing ideas off of relationships. You can have post the program. Um, and so I, I think really the biggest hurdle is just like 
saying, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and the life hack for that is we have uh, free calls and free webinars monthly. And so in those calls, you can get on a, a call with me or Chris, one of my team members, um, and ask those questions. And you can get you know some confidence boost. You can troubleshoot with a real person before signing up for a program. You can say, hey, I have this crazy idea. Am I in fact crazy? To which I will <laughs> probably validate you are crazy. Um, Good and crazy. Then, yeah, and point them in the right direction and where to take that crazy. We're super fortunate um, that entrepreneur kind of community or ecosystem is really supportive and there's all these different resources. Um, so if it's something that I can't help with at Seedspot, like let's say you're building the next, I don't know, for-profit dating app. Because <laughs> there's not enough of works. those. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how that world works. It's not in the like social impact space, but like I know a bunch of tech accelerators that can help you too. So I think this idea of community where I can send people um, to other resources if we can't help too, but sometimes all it takes is just to say it out loud to a person and we've got that space to do it. I'd love that. And how, how do you feel? Because you definitely are going to have more experience in this idea than I do, but I really feel like the side hustle, the entrepreneur, like that life is so much of our future of um, our our generations ahead, as I see my own kids growing up and um, younger peers of mine, I see them so in that mindset. So I think that's you guys are in such an interesting place because you're you're right there where that's happening. Yeah, it's uh, we see a lot of what I would call like blended employment. Right, which is like many jobs. One is a passion project. One pays the bills. One fills my soul, like it, which is pretty much passion. But you know what I'm going at here, right? right? We've got a little bit of everything, um, and I definitely think that it is the future of employment. We're seeing, you know, on the rise of things like co-working spaces and independent contractors. And I think companies now see that there's less overhead by hiring a contract employee versus a full-time. And I, I think that the younger generation craves change and this allows them to have change. And so I do think that it'll change overall the way that things look. And what's nice is whether or not like I launch my own business and say like, I do copywriting and I want to do my own gig and be a copywriter. What's nice about the gig economy is you can have the support of an established company and kind of have an almost entrepreneur mindset where you're changing a company with your ideas from the inside out instead of having to grind for yourself. Um, so you have this flex of like when you're hungry and you want to do it by yourself, you can. And when you want some stability, you can also work for a company and end up kind of part-time um, on your own, whatever that looks like. I love that. And then talk... Tell, let's go deeper into the idea of like the social change movement, because I think it's so easy for people to say that as opposed to really be in it and living it. Right. How do we how do we help more people implement the idea of the importance of social change in their day to day and their in their work life? Because, you know, sometimes you're just like bills and kind of go on vacation or buy a new car. And then I like the idea that Seedspot really puts that at their core of of that being such a huge part of it, that social change idea. Yeah, I think, you know, things like hunger and poverty are massive issues that like one entrepreneur is not going to fix. And so what we focus on, we call it a problem food chain. And so we look at the system of problem, right? So why does this poverty exist? Let's look at all the causes. Let's let's see it from a, all perspectives. And then let's look at on the other side of that, what are all the outcomes? And we, have our, we really try to have our entrepreneurs focus on one piece of that big nest, that big mass, messy thing. Um, and reason being is you can only control your component 
And then you can make partnerships with all these other people who are doing great things. And it's not your specialty. And it highlights what you're best in the world at. It keeps you focused so that you can make a change. And then you see the ripple effect of that. Um, We have seen like even today. So one of our alumni today just passed a policy in Arizona, uh, an employment policy, like a, a bill. You know, so we are seeing things, whether it's a single transaction for a service or like a sold good, um, or it's like governmental change. We, wow. we, we have, yeah, we have the ability to see that on a regular basis. Let me pull it up and see what exactly he like messaged us. He's like, yeah, I just got off a call with Deucey. Like, <laughs> cool. I have a couple of things. You have, why do you have your ear? I have a couple of things I'd love. Can we, can we tell him a few things we'd like to change? Yeah. Yeah. Just have a little chit chat here. <laughs> I love how it goes into, into politics and there's so many different levels that it can, it could be a part of. Um, it sounds like, you know, the company's even let's say I wasn't an entrepreneur or, you know, somebody who's in that gig economy, but I think even just a regular person, I'm surprised that, or maybe you guys already do. Like I I would think entire companies could send, you know, some of their people to your program as a way to have a better understanding of their role in not only their company, but in society. Yeah. We've got a couple companies that we've partnered with in that capacity. So Booz Allen Hamilton, which is a big supporter of the work we've done. They've been probably one of our earliest adopters and supporters um, as a nonprofit. They're donors and then also just really believe in the work we're doing. So we partnered with them to do what's called an entrepreneurship initiative, where we literally brought our classes to their office. This is when people could be in person. Um, and employees who had normal day jobs got to take these classes. And basically all the inter- innovation that they came up with they support. So they helped, they gave them seed money for launching. They supported them with, you know, what that looked like. They felt their, their kind of mindset is if we can create opportunities for employees to be innovative, they won't look to go elsewhere, elsewhere. They'll be content here. Um, and so yeah, it was a super great experience. We created something slightly custom for them and, um, they had a pitch contest and the winner won some prize money. Who doesn't love money? (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, I, I feel like so often, especially in like past life before working at Seed Spot, you would keep your side hustle a secret. You would never tell your boss. You would never say like, by the way, I'm working on said thing. And so the fact that they open it up and, and allow you to kind of have both lives in the same place is pretty cool. That's really, that's awesome. I love it. And so do you have any like tidbits or little pieces of information, you know, little sprinkles for um, like foundational basics that companies could do to be more socially minded, you know, Mm. for themselves or even us as individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm always going to go back to the sustainable development goals because they're just easy. Um, I think every company, whether you're a for-profit, nonprofit, not socially minded, you have a mission, right? You're here to do some work. Like, you know, even if you're McDonald's, you're here to do some work, right? When you think about McDonald's, you probably don't think of social impact. Um, you wonder what's in the chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I would say go back to your mission and, and see how that lives outside of the work that you're doing right now. So is their mission to make people happy? I'm assuming, I think, when I think of the golden arches, it's like X amount of people served. It's a bunch of nines and so on and so forth. Like it's about serving people, right? So how does that pair into their community? What are they doing with their food waste? What are they doing with their recycling? Um, What are they doing with employment opportunities? We've seen awesome things with like Starbucks and ASU and giving training and workforce development. There are ways that you can make an impact with any company. Um, And it's just really, I think, ultimately coming back to your mission and making sure that it feels authentic to the company because you can tell when somebody 
she's just like, I donate 5%. No, you don't. Like, <laughs> and if you do, I don't really do you, right? That, that's different than like sitting down and really thinking through like your supply chain or the way that you do things in a more thoughtful way. And like I said, the, the SGG, SDGs really lay that out in a simple way for people to navigate and to have conversations. Um, and I think, you know, based on the state that you're in, there's different things you can do in each state. And so, yeah, I think there's all sorts of ways that if you want, and I guarantee you, if you're a big company, there is somebody who wants to make that change, create a committee, let them drive that bus, right? Um, empower them to create the change and to create, you know, what I would assume is a really great workplace and a work culture. Because that keeps your people there and happy. And then even if you're on your own, I think sometimes, especially after, as we're coming out of a year of so many of us spending time alone, like if we can find ways of what our personal mission is and what's important to us, it helps It helps us be motivated, right? So let's talk a little bit more about like even, because I love, I love, love, love the two-day launch camp and yeah. what that gives you and how it's like broke, because who doesn't have two days, right? Because it's not, it's usually like Friday and, or Saturday and Sunday, right? Not Friday and Saturday. No, it's Thursday, Friday. So they're oh, during the first see? day. Yep. So you can still have your weekend. You can live your best life on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, they're four hours or not even full days. So it's four hours, depending on your time zone, you know, and they're global again, all things we do now are global. So they're four hours, um, from tip to tail uh, on the second day, they're a little longer because of the pitch event. So it's five hours, but, um, super accessible. And that's the whole point of it. And I think of it like business Legos. So you learn each different chunk and you can stack them and rearrange them. Um, but it's really a strong foundation of, again, I come back to problem. You know, it's one thing for an entrepreneur to just like create a solution. Like I'm going to be an ad agency. Cool. Who needs you? What problem are you going to solve for them? Right. Just because you have the skill doesn't mean somebody wants to employ you. So take a step back out of who you are and what you offer. Look at the world around you. What do they need? What are you solving for? So we do a bit of reframing off the top. Um, and then we we go into that. Okay, now who's going to pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, right. Who is the customer? You know, who has the, the the biggest pain point? Who's really struggling with if it is, you know, if you're in the marketing space, who's struggling with messaging? What does that look like? Um, and then how does the solution work? Tailor that solution to the customer, again, not to you as an individual, but to that customer and their need, um, and which really then tells a, a beautiful story. This is the problem that exists. This is who has the problem. Here's how we solve it. Oh, slam dunk. Hire you now. Let's go. When we're talking about Legos, is this like an 18 and older Lego pack? Like, do you guys, is it all, is it all adults or do you have yeah. it? And what, yeah. what's your average age of people who come? So fun fact, we just did some data crunching and it's around 40, um, which I was a little bit shocked by. We have, we do work with 18 and up. Um, we don't get a lot, we don't get a lot of youth, I will say, or like, like the, you know, teens there. Um, we do have a lot of partnerships with universities. So we do have, uh, you know, that 18 to 21 range. We've done some stuff with Hartford university and George Washington and Arizona state, Southern Illinois, random schools really at the end of the day, but a lot of schools that don't have maybe an incubator on campus or they're looking for resources to plug their students into once they've graduated, like bigger networks than just the university alumni. So. So we've done some partnering with universities, but what we're seeing is that like kind of around, you know, early forties, the way that I perceive it is like this thing has been eating at me through my professional career. I've wanted to do this. I wanted to launch this. This has been my dream. F it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I see it as a lot of people kind of stepping into that big picture that they've always wanted to be a part of. Um, and then we, we I mean, again, we, we've worked and seen everything, but most commonly it's around 40. 
I love how you talked about then they get to meet a, new, a whole new network of people. So they're like building relationships with like-minded people, but who are yeah. also maybe like you even mentioned that some of the people, they don't really know exactly what their idea is, but they um, know they have an idea. And I like the idea that you can build relationships with the people who are in the, that same place as you, or even if somebody's mm-hmm. further further along the road, it's it becomes even like probably I would think within the group, some some mentorship. And then, oh, of course. then you have even more mentorship that they can come back to afterward. You got it. Yeah. So for example, um, we have an application coming through right now or applications, plural. Um, the deadline closes today for our next impact accelerator. And there's a guy, oh, Jamaica. I think he's a founder in Jamaica. And he has a marketing company that does marketing campaigns for nonprofits. Nonprofits are struggling right now with fundraising and just funds and funds and funds. And so he works at a discounted rate to give them marketing assets and tools that they can use to hopefully attract more donors. Well, he in Jamaica, I can connect him with an entrepreneur, another entrepreneur, well-established, doing over six figures a year, um, who's an alumni of our program based... uh, Actually, he's presently still in undergrad at George Washington University. I now have connected them. And now they're like besties. And they're talking about... Because he does the same function um, in... And he does it small businesses and impact-driven nonprofits. So it's who he works with. So I've been able to match them. Now they're having all this great conversation. One can say, hey, look out for this. The other can say, I'm having this. Did you experience it? Um, we actually have a person on our team. His name's Chris. And he does all of that all the time. So he makes these little matches with people, whether they be peer-to-peer or our actual mentor network. So we've got a mentor network of about 200 amazing humans. They are either like content experts, you know, give them an acronym like a CFO or a Elemental P, um, <laughs> or they're entrepreneurs that have done this and maybe sold a company or started a new company, anything like that. And so we can either pull a resource from the mentor network or pull a peer from our alumni um, and really, again, help you connect so that you feel supported. And that's so key when, because it feels like taking such a big risk, you know, starting a new business or any kind of new venture. And so having that safety net there to lift you up, it's like, okay, I, I can take this risk. And that's what so much of life, I think, holds people back is fear of, and fear of failure. And so it's like, fail, sure. fail up with these people. Well, and I think a big part of entrepreneurship is ego because it's your idea. So it feels so personal to you. Um, and so you hold it and you protect it and you shield it from all of the horrible things in the world, but then it'll never, it never goes anywhere. Right. And so, um, I think the more that you hear this person crashed and burned and made it through, or this person pivoted, or this is what they use to get to the next phase, remind you, like, it's okay to, there's so many entrepreneurs I talk to before the program starts and they're like, ah, I don't think I'm going to share my idea. <laughs> like, someone's going to take it or like, I'm just not, it's not polished yet. And then by like, Hour one, uh, day one, it's like, I now know like their marriage and their children and their idea and their blood type. Like <laughs> people just become connected. And Have you given someone a kidney? <laughs> not yet. No. Um, I guess I can, it's like, technically you only need one. So right. if the, if the ask ever happens, like <laughs> I got two functioning, so I'm down. <laughs> And I think it's so cool um, that they also learn how to pitch, right? It's, if nothing else, it's even just public speaking. 100%. Yeah. So on that day two, that's all we focus on really, right? We have that mentor event, which is like speed dating with our mentors. So you have every 10 minutes, you get rotated with a new mentor. And so you pitch that one minute elevator pitch, problem, customer, solution. Why are you the founder or like the so what, why you? And then an ask, help me with this, help me with that. And so you do that six times in an hour, by the end of the six times, you are now the most 
toast-masted person ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so you have something polished and refined and then you share that with your friends and family. And that's basically a piece of, it's it's like a business card in and of itself Um, and really giving you the confidence now to take it out of the camp into the world around you and network using it. Does anybody come twice to the two-day camp? Can I come like three times? Yeah, you can come back. I've had people come back with different ideas, I will say. Actually, we just had a person come through who came. So she was a full-time consultant uh, in the DC area. She came through. She was kind, it's like kind of an idea. I'm not really sure about it. And then she reached back out to me and she's like, okay, I quit my job. I'm ready to go full-time. Can I get a refresher? Um, so we've had you know people who are ready. They need to level up, I guess you could say. Um, and then I've had people come through, had a different idea. Like, oh, okay. So that idea about reusing garbage and art, like that was great, but I couldn't figure out revenue. So uh, I'm going to do a dog sitting business. It's like, cool. Come on. So I've seen both. Nice. And then I'm sure that you also bring in maybe intentionally or unintentionally in new investors, right? Like new people come in and then they're like, oh, I want to invest in, you know, my other, this other person's thing and during camp, you know, their idea. The investor side of our, our work is a lot of just outreach. There's a whole network of people that work in social impact investing. And so we do a lot of outreach and events to kind of pull them in to get them. We don't guarantee like when you come to our, you know, if you join an impact accelerator, you will get a million dollars. Like I wish I could <laughs> promise that. But the truth of it is, is like, if I could get you a million dollars, like that doesn't really give you space to pick who you're getting it from, pick the terms that it's under, decide what that relationship looks like. And so um, we introduce them. So during our impact accelerator program, we introduce them to about 25 investors and it's their job to like decide if they want to keep in conversation, keep that going, or like, that's not a right fit for me. Thank you. Next. We open doors and they decide if they're going to walk through or not. And we've had a couple convert actually uh, based here in Arizona, uh, Deanna Montrose, who has paraffin international, which is like a paraffin wax treatment for people that are having arthritis um, in both hands and feet. And so, so somebody that she had met through the Seatspot network three years later, later became an investor for her because she had put in a bunch of work and took their feedback and really cultivated a solid relationship. And she's just amazing. And her product is amazing. So she, uh, She's one story like locally here in Arizona I could speak to. I love that. So before, you know, you all had programs around the country and now obviously you had to fully pivot to all virtual. Where do you see it being, let's say, in 2022? Will we we be in person again then? That's it. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I don't know that we have a full answer. I'm going to have to be kind of a politician and give like a half answer here. Um, we Our fiscal year ends in June. We start in July. And so we're having a lot of these conversations right now. Like what is the future? I think the big takeaways... So Funny, funnily enough, the last in-person program we had, we were shot at Curveball. It was a partnership program and 15 of the participants were logging on and we had no idea it was going to be virtual for those. So we created our virtual like beta test before the pandemic hit. So when it hit, we were like, oh, we've got some tools. <laughs> um, and what we found is, as you mentioned, we used to be, you know, stuck in a single city, like, you know, if we were in Phoenix or Tampa or... Uh, DC, and we could only pull entrepreneurs from those cities and only pull content experts from those cities. Well, now the world is our oyster. And so it's been amazing. If you think about the type of community you can build now with global perspectives and people from all different backgrounds who are solving all different types of problems, it, I mean, it's really quite amazing. And then the quality of our content experts, like we are pulling 
CEOs of very large, amazing companies to who can now share stories that otherwise we wouldn't have had access to because there's no way they would drive to Phoenix to present for an hour to go back to that office job. They can log on from Zoom and boom, like we're in it. So I think it's hybrid. And I probably that's what you're going to hear from everybody. I think humans are craving like seeing another person in real time. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, we definitely understand that. Um, and then we also know that this has been really beneficial for like the efficacy of our programs. So it's going to probably be somewhere in between maybe there's virtual components and maybe a culminating experience that's in person. Um, sky is really the limit. And I think what we always do as an organization is we first go to our customers and we ask, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? And then we try to build something that really fits those needs and wants. So my assumption is we'll go back to some of our alumni and tell me, tell me, you know, what would be the best program for you given this new world we're in? Look at that feedback and then make some choices based on their needs. We've talked so much about the idea of the life hack uh, from Seedspot, which is really awesome. But how about for Tristan herself? You have a really cool background. I mean, in comedy and teaching and you've done so many things. Do you have any favorites to share with us? You know, I've always kind of operated under this mindset of like, move quick, ask questions later. (laughs) And I think that that's always really benefited me. Um, I'm kind of a self-starter and I break a lot of things, which is probably not everybody else's favorite, but... It's allowed me to learn quickly some big lessons um, and to make choices that feel right, if that makes sense. Like I can kind of get out of the stuff that's distracting and doesn't doesn't work, doesn't make sense. Uh, That's definitely a life hack. I also think laughter is a big one, especially in this past year. The more opportunities where you can just sit, take a breath and laugh, like the better. Things have felt pretty heavy, right? Pretty claustrophobic in this past year. And so um, I live in what I call a uh, daycare co-working space. And so I've got two littles, uh, my husband, we now have a gym in one room, aka a stationary bike. We then of course adopted a dog because that's what you did during a pandemic. So we're an animal shelter as well. And I think there's moments where, where it starts to feel really stressful and really chaotic. And it's like, stop, take a breath <laughs> and, and laugh. laugh this yeah. is really funny. Like this is not going to happen again. This moment is going to pass. And like, it's pretty funny that, you know, whatever the thing is that came up, I can't tell you how many times like I've been facilitating a meeting. And then from the other room, you can hear my son like screaming for a pop tart. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear I'm a capable individual, but like, this is my life. You're in How my it house. Goes. Yep. And then what, what's great then too, is like, here's Tristan working at Seed Spot and you're bringing humor to social change. That's the hope. That's the hope. I mean, cause that's, you know, it, again, if you can't laugh at it, then what good is it? <laughs> you know, these things are serious. Of course, poverty is terrible and hunger is terrible. Um, but feeling sad and down, that doesn't create change in the world, right? Laughter, light, that does help. So you can help solve poverty and hunger, um, but also create light for the people in those spaces. I love that. That's that's awesome. That's like such a great way to wrap it up unless you have other personal life hacks that, you know, you're going to like the Tristan Haya karate chops at life besides, no. you know, just living, which is, is, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think the more complicated you make it, the less fun it's going to be. Right. So, um, nice and simple is really the way to go. And I think, you know, I, the only other thing I could ever think about is leaning on your community. Right. And, one thing to do things alone. And I think I've tried to do that a lot, a lot, a lot. When I first came to Seatspot, I had my own idea and I attempted to do as a solo founder, build a business. And that was a lot. It was a lot, a lot. And when I found 
I work my best when I'm surrounded by other people who can contribute. And so I'm glad I discovered that quickly to go back to my first point. <laughs> I laugh at how painful that process was, but um, I'm glad that I recognize, especially, you know, now given like we have kids, like having a community, whether they're related to you or not, like has been super, super helpful. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were just hot potatoing children to each other between meetings. It was like, you have a meeting. I don't shift. Yeah. It's back and forth. And so you know, then we opened it up and we leaned on the community and we got to a much more sustainable space. So I'm thankful for the community. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. And so if, if our community wants to know more about you, um, where where should they find you? Like on Seedspot's website? Do you have any other things you like to share? That's probably the best place to find me right now. It's just Tristan at seedspot.org. Um, and i super responsive. <laughs> so I'm in my email all day answering all sorts of questions. Literally, you should see my inbox. It's everything from like, hey, I had this idea at midnight to like, how do you feel about landing on the moon? It's been done. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. Surprise. So yeah, email is probably the best way to connect with me. If you go through the Seedspot website, um, you can also drop a message there, but the most direct way is just email. Awesome. And then just, and Seedspot is everywhere. There are you guys on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, we're not on TikTok. We're not that cool yet. Um, but we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are, we have a LinkedIn community. We're on Slack. Like we're all over the the, the tech interwebs, if you will. Nice. Um, and then I think even YouTube, there's some webinars that have been recorded and are up there for free resources. So you can even YouTube us unboxing. Just kidding. But you can YouTube something. <laughs> product reviews. So seedspot.org, we'll put all that in the show notes too, so that people can check it out. We're so excited to have spent this time with you. It's been really insightful and I and energizing. I feel excited about it today. I want to thank you so much. You want to say, do you want to say goodbye to everybody, our listeners? Yeah. Hope to, to meet everybody who listened in a two-day launch camp and hear about your big ideas and your dreams. And um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning into the show. Make sure you subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a review. It really helps other people find us. Thanks again to Tristan and Seedspot. And we'll see you next time right here at Life Hacks.